Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profit. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast. And I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, with me as always. My better half, Justin Hill, Billy Boy Campbell. We need a we need a couple updates from you. The move, the goat, your latest hillbilly activities. What's been going on, man? How was your weekend? Yeah, uh, weekend wasn't bad. I worked. Uh, the move hasn't been terrible. We're more or less settled in. Still got some stuff to get out of the other house and uh, get stuff cleaned up there. And then here, the biggest challenge I've had is my internet has been just crappy. And and not even the internet itself, just the upload speeds here out in the middle of nowhere are kind of crappy. So I'm working on solutions for that. I've got a couple other options I'm tinkering with, and I may just call and get belligerent with the uh, with the uh, customer service rep at some point and that that'll be fun i'm sure i'll be part of a training video after i do that uh, and then as far as the hillbilly stuff the uh she is walking funny and the milk bag has dropped so we should have baby goats any day now i know i feel like i've been saying that for two months but uh it seems yeah. to be seems to be on the verge and what what the fuck is a milk bag that sounds disgusting you know like the udders and everything you know so uh they don't you know like when you see cows on uh like on cartoons and stuff and they've got the big like the big udders hanging down but that that's not like that's not their permanent state of existence (laughs) so Uh, so whenever they're getting ready to have have the babies then it yeah yeah it drops a little lower to to give the little calves access okay and as long as you continue milking then it will stay like if if you stop, then it kind of returns to normal. But as long as you continue milking, then it'll just stay like that. And you can, uh, like, the plan is once she does have the babies that we will continue to milk and make soaps and cheeses and all kinds of fun stuff. So disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> you couldn't. There's there's just no way I could handle goat milk or goat. I you guys know how I feel about goat cheese. Absolutely disgusting, and it. You know, I went I went out to eat just like a a little sort of dinner thing, but not really a big dinner looking for something light. And they had these like figs that sounded delicious. And of course, there was stuff with like fucking goat cheese. And I just they got to put it on everything. Um, They take all this delicious Italian stuff and then they cover it with fucking goat cheese. And that's the kind of cultural appropriation I don't appreciate. <laughs> uh, so apparently, <clears throat> apparently you can make like brie and different types of cheese with it, and they don't taste like goat cheese. Like they, you can, uh, you can treat it and see, or you can season it and and make the cheese in certain ways so that it has different flavors. So that's that's what I'll probably experiment with. Um, I actually did a show last night with a couple of the guys that I do my morning show with, and we talked about. Um, like raising animals and and stuff like that and so one of those guys uh he goats and does cheese and talked about it and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to make some some cheese of my own we'll see how it goes yeah you know i've always wondered about making cheese like i would love to have just like some fresh pulled mozzarella or something like that and i'm sure it's not that hard if you're if you have like the room to do it and and the proper setup but I don't know. It's also pretty easy to just go to the store and pay a few bucks for it. 
I don't know. See, that was the kind of a funny thing that we were we were talking about last night. It was like, like I'd like to get a couple of hogs and maybe even a couple of cows, but we don't really have enough room to breed cows. Like, but and I don't know if I would rather have a like a dairy cow and milk, or if I would rather have uh, like get a calf and then raise it up for to butcher and like have you know meat off of. So I'm kind of conflicted on that, but like I want to expand our little farm operation and have uh have more animals so that i can eat them and uh use them for making my own stuff well that will certainly help you avoid some of the price inflation that we've just been seeing go off the fucking charts i, I mean it's uh, prices are surging all over the place i mean the the biggest news recently is just the gas prices that have gone i mean through the roof i'm seeing seven plus dollar gas on the west coast i don't know where it is by you what's you got to be over four though right around four or something or uh depending on where you go it's right at four uh 409 in some places i, I did see one gas station here that was 419 today that's the highest i've seen here recently but uh yeah right around four yeah and i mean it's pretty interesting to watch the the current administration try to wiggle out of high gas prices when they've they've pretty much done nothing but shit all over fossil fuels for my entire life every policy that they've you know stated every goal that they've stated would pretty much um you know, require gas prices to go through the roof, uh, you know, for like a number of reasons. There's never just, I, we've talked about this before on the show when it comes to the prices of commodities and stuff. It, there's never just one explanation for why the price is going up. So the, this idea that it's just because Russia invaded and we have some, uh, some audio to play from our uh, White House press secretary and Joe Biden blaming Russia for it. Sure, that that is putting some upward pressure on prices, but there's a lot of just government policies in general that this administration has put in place. But even before that, just the the massive regulatory body that we have. Um, yeah, I was looking. I was looking earlier this morning because you know everyone's just like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna release some strategic reserves. This is their their big move now, which is tantamount to nothing like a spit in the bucket a spit in the ocean <laughs> dropping a bucket jesus sorry i'm still working on my espresso here <laughs> um they're, they're, you know this is a, another problem with just having the government in charge of these types of things we have this strategic oil reserve that is like supposed to be for emergent like literal emergencies like we do not have oil to keep this country running right now it's not supposed to be for you know like some political score some political points and be like hey look i'm doing everything i possibly can here's 90 million barrels and it's like okay uh first of all that's not gonna do anything to the price of oil everybody involved in the oil game knows that we go through about 20 million to uh 20 million barrels a day so that's what four days four and a half five days tops of oil that's not going to do anything. And, and so you're, you're just blowing through an extra 90 million barrels of oil to sort of put people at ease and have a talking point for the press when they come at you. Be like, why is there $7 uh, you know, a gallon gas on the West Coast? And what are all these people going to do? And it, it's, I got, it's, it's so funny to watch them try to toe this line where they want you know, they want people to get away from fossil fuels. They want us driving electric cars and, and green energy and all this stuff. But at the same time, you know, it's sort of like buying like organic food or something like that. When everything's great and you got an extra, you got some extra cash in your pocket, you can go to Whole Foods and get the organic horse shit that costs three times the price as something inorganic. And, you know, some of these things, I don't even know what it really means to be organic when you're talking about like lettuce or something like that. But, you know, when we talked hit- about organic on last night's show. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, when shit hits the fan and all of a sudden prices are going up, you know, 15% across the board, 30% 
in, in some things. All of a sudden, you know, something being organic doesn't quite fucking matter as much as actually just having sustenance to eat. And in the case of gasoline, it's like, yeah, you know, like it would be great if we could just have like electric cars and all this, you know, solar power do everything. And, you know, if we have to pay a little more for this or a little more for that and make that happen, that all sounds good until the price of everything goes up. And then you see where people's priorities really lie. And I, I mean, I can't imagine I haven't driven a car really for any extended period of time in a couple of years now. I couldn't imagine what it's going to cost me to fill up my car next time I'm in Chicago. Well, and they act like we haven't been sitting around for the last year watching gas prices literally double from where they were before any of this happened. So so they're they're acting like the the spike that's occurred over the last year plus is because of Putin? Okay, yes. I, I'm not disagreeing with you that the spike of the last two weeks is driven by what's going on over there. But that's only a you know that's only a small piece of the increased gas prices that we've like if we had had everything remain where it was pre-Biden, we might just now be getting to where we were two, three weeks ago. Yeah. It just, it, it's going there. We know that prices are going to get to these really, really high points. The, the whole Russia thing just sort of poured gasoline on that fire, uh, pun intended there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just getting us there a little faster. It's an accelerant. And let's go ahead and uh, well, let's listen to what the, the White House press secretary has to say before we get ahead of ourselves here, because she is now taking some heat from the, the typical uh, like Fox News guys in in these press conferences. You know, the what's his name? Ducey, who's like dad used to does his dad still do the Fox show morning show? I don't know. This kid. I I haven't watched Fox morning show in so long. Yeah, I haven't either. But I remember that there was like this guy named Ducey. And then I remember seeing his little like son come up and, you know, get all get all these like stupid gigs because his dad worked at Fox News. And now he's um, he's you know, he's one of the few people that actually gets called on to these things that tries to hold the administration's feet to the fire. You never never heard from him really during the Trump administration. I don't know if he was in the. Um, in these White House press briefings or not, but he certainly is trying to make a name for himself here. So let's let's go ahead and play some Saki for us. She's going to give us the the facts of the case, and it might take a couple clips to get to it. I think I got like three or four different ones here, but she's going to explain why uh, if you're in California, you're paying over seven dollars a gallon, and if you're in the the Midwest, you're up around four, four and a half, probably five something in Chicago. I have no idea. Let's see uh, what her explanation is. Oops. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Sorry. Get back. Because I also have, I don't know if she and Joe Biden talked about this beforehand, but we have Joe Biden answering a quick question about what he's going to do when it comes to the price of gas or oil. (laughs) 
<laughs> so Biden's going to do everything he can, according to his press secretary, but he can't really do much because it's Russia's fault now. And it's it, like the best Joe Biden sound clip ever. Not much I can do. Yeah. Russia's fault. Yeah. Well, you know, there there might not be much he could do, but that's just hilar- like a hilarious admission from him. And I thought he like, you know, Putin was a bully and he knew how to handle bullies. This is very different from what he said when he was running for office, trying to get elected. He had the answer for everything. I don't think uh, Trump was warning that gas is going to be seven, eight dollars a gallon. But yeah, he knew how to handle he knew how to handle Putin and uh, he's throwing his hands up. I don't know. It's in Russia's court now. The ball's in Russia's court. But Saki's saying that he's going to do all all kinds of things domestically. And and did you see where the Saudis and the UAE are refusing to take Biden's calls? Like they won't even talk to him. Yeah, yeah, this is he's supposed to be this like great leader and he was going to restore, you know, restore the office to what it was supposed to be and all of this stuff. And they won't even take his calls that nobody wants to talk to him. Uh, at least nobody who could actually do anything about this situation wants to talk to him. Uh, NATO and the UN and and the EU and all of those worthless fuckers, they'll talk to him all day long because they're all just sitting around having a circle jerk doing nothing. But like the ones who actually have any impact and control, like, uh, are there any talks with China going on? Like, uh, as far as I'm aware, China is stepping into Russia's corner for the most part because the rest of the world is is boxing them out. Uh, like. It just doesn't feel like there's for the, all the people who say this is how, you know, the president is supposed to lead, lead what lead us into a fucking gutter. Like, where are we, where, where is he leading us here? No, nobody who's of in, of any importance will actually talk to him. So what's yeah. going on? I mean, the only reason I would talk to Joe Biden is for the pure comedic relief and just trying to hear what he's going to say. Cause Joe Biden off script is absolutely hilarious. I mean, there's there's almost nothing funnier. And I see all this stuff on Twitter. Like, you, you'll somebody will post this Joe Biden clip, and they'll be like, "Oh, that can't be real. Is this is this fake?" I'm only seeing like Republicans post it. I'm like, dude, we don't have to doctor Joe Biden clips. They're pure gold as is, and they're better than anything that somebody could imagine, like could drum up with their imagination. So, yeah, why would these guys talk to Joe Biden about this? And the uh, the other thing that's just kind of fucking ridiculous is this this idea that um, that, that there's one explanation for it. And it's never you never see a politician take responsibility for any problem. I've never seen it. The most childish fucking people on the face. Just admit just come clean. Like, listen, like we fucked this up. We got this wrong. Say something like there no admissions on the COVID front that we we've, we've been over that. But th- this is like, oh, I don't know. Russia's got to do it. Russia. It's Russia. It's Russia's fault. It's their fault. It's the oil company's fault. It's corporate greed that if you ask a politician about why prices are going up, it's never got anything to do with the fact that the government controls, you know, like four out of every $5 in circulation or whatever the fucking stat is. We've got a bajillion fucking agencies and, you know, all this stuff he's going to do domestically. What, like, none of that is going to have an effect, an immediate effect. I mean, like, there's a, there's another clip I want to play where she's talking about, oh, there's like 9,000 unused oil contracts to, to you know, to op- that open up the drilling of oil. And why aren't they using those? And I was like, well, probably because for the last two years, it's been the price of oil has been so low because of the COVID shit that it didn't make financial sense for them to be using these kind like they couldn't make money drilling at $20 a barrel oil or something like that. And even if they could now, the effects of that aren't going to be seen until down the road. There, there's a big, you know, lag here. This idea that there is something that they can do domestically to fix this. From both well, and the know, fact that the administration has shut down some of the major pipelines that could be providing oil to to like to fix this problem. Like, okay, um, there are all these contracts out there. 
why, why do we need to start drilling on these old contracts or these like unused contracts when we actually have existing pipelines that are functional and the, that the administration will not allow to be used? Can we just like use what, what already exists? It's, it's like gun control law. Like they always talk about wanting to, you know, to, to crack down on gun control. There are over 2,000 gun control laws on the books as it is. Like, what what new what new regulations do we need on guns that don't already exist that's going to somehow fix the problem? Why do we need 7,000 unused oil contracts to be put into practice when we already have existing pipelines and existing equipment and all of this stuff out there that the fucking federal government shut down? Like, just can we just use the shit that we already have instead of trying to add new shit? <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. There's that. And then just imagine you wanted to start some sort of oil, you know, even just a refinery. Because even once, let's say we got the oil here, we still have to refine it. And I was looking at this this morning. There's been one, I think, the newest refinery only does 35,000 barrels a day. And it began operating in 2019. The newest refinery with significant downstream unit capacity came online in 1977, and that does 200,000 barrels a day. So basically, since the 70s, we haven't had a new oil refinery built. And there's like 129 of them, I think, in the entire United States. That's not very many. I mean, considering we got 50 fucking states, there's only 129 refineries and there hasn't been a, there's been one new one since the seventies, I think is the way I'm reading that. What is that about? I I mean, this is, that doesn't seem like a free market force there. And so like, even if you did get the oil here, you still have to refine it into gasoline. And, and so there's a, you know, there's a number of factors here that go into the, you know, the price increase of oil. And yes, the uncertainty of a possible like nuclear war breaking out with Russia is one of them. And the sanctions that they're putting in place on Russia and banning Russian oil and all this stuff, that's certainly not going to help the, the, the situation. So, you know, it, it's classic government tactics. You know, we're going to punish the American people and the people of, of Russia and, and the people of the world, basically. In order, because like we're mad at this other government. And of course, none of these government officials are going to feel any of this pain. Like Joe Biden's going to be fine. Putin's going to be fine. Everybody connected to these people, politically connected, everybody in Washington is going to be fine. I mean, even if it went up to like $20 a, a gallon of oil, they, they don't pay for their fucking gas and the motorcades and all that shit. And even if they did, they could just vote themselves like a pay increase. <laughs> You know, it's just like, hey, we need some more money here. Yeah, it, it's absolutely like how out of touch they are with the American people is is really something that's on full display right now. When like the basic necessities that people need, like gas for your car, uh, you know, heat for your house, food costs, just like basic necessities, people are not asking for very much out of you know they there's basic necessities that they would like to be met and have enough money to cover. And the government is just like, eh, nothing, nothing I can really do. It's Russia's fault or we're going to do everything we possibly can, even though we spent the last, you know, 30, 40 years doing everything we possibly can to make it virtually impossible to start, um, you know, drilling, drilling for more capacity, getting pipelines built, all of this stuff, you know, the regulations, imagine like what it would take to start an oil company now, like the, the surveys you got to do, the palms you got to grease, all this shit. I mean, I couldn't imagine undertaking that and how long it would take and how much wasted energy, effort and money goes in to starting something like that, which is probably why there hasn't been a, a refinery other than the one that does 35,000 barrels a day in my entire lifetime, apparently. No no new refineries in my lifetime. See, people don't, uh, like the average person doesn't, doesn't realize how old a lot of the things that are keeping this country running are. Like uh, a lot of the ports and stuff up and down the river system, a lot of rail yards and locomotives and stuff that are in service. A lot of the, like the track that's, that's out there, uh, 
like a lot, a lot of the the export facilities and piers and and ports and stuff like a lot of this stuff i think uh like some of the the very newest stuff was built in the 80s uh, there may be a couple facilities here. I think there is one facility like in the Pacific Northwest that was built within the last 10 years. But beyond that, like uh, most of these river terminals, uh, export facilities, rail yards, stuff like that, like it's, it's all super fucking old. They don't they don't build new stuff anymore. Uh, and it's it's because it is largely because of the regulation that is involved to even be able to think about doing that. Like as soon as you start looking into that, it's like, um, it's yeah, that's going to be a hard pass. I'm not, I'm not fucking with it. Yeah. It, it's gotta be really discouraging. And yeah, it's great for the people that are already established, you know, all these places that are established, there's no co- virtually no new competition for them. And there's, there's no incentive, you know, they, they keep talking about our crumbling infrastructure and all this stuff and how they need to, now they need another, you know, five, $6 trillion to address all these crumbling infrastructure issues. It's like, well, what did you do with the first 30 trillion we gave you if you weren't uh, maintaining all this stuff? And the hell of it is they don't need all that money to address the infrastructure issues. What they need is to loosen some of the just completely asinine restrictions and and the uh, regulations that they put on those industries and just let the market adjust and fix itself. Like if they just, if you just take away all of the disincentivization to, to do it, then companies will go do it. Like nobody wants to have a piss poor infrastructure system. Like that doesn't help anybody involved, but if you can't actually go and fix it yourself. Okay. So uh, back home where I'm from, my uncle actually built his own river port. And like he he went through all of the bullshit to do it because the the state run river port was so piss poor that they couldn't provide him the service he needed to be successful in his job. He gets more business than the state run one does now because he actually gets the job done. Like it's a it's it's a beautiful, perfect prime example of the market seeing a problem and fixing it. If but if, you know, for the most part a lot of these private companies don't have the capital to be able to just say, okay, I'm going to go do that. Like he had, he could do that, but most of these companies don't. And uh, like that's, and because of all the regulation and the bullshit they have to go through, there's no way that they even could, even if like, even if they had the capital to do it, they still don't have the lawyers or the, the you know, the time or the, the manpower to go through all of the bullshit just to get it done. Like, you know, he, he's in a lucky position that he could, but, 99% of them can't. And like, so it, it stymies the market being able to correct itself and it's all because of government bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard also uh, Pete Buttigieg was, was talking about electric vehicles and you know, how we're going to invest, I, I forget how many billions of dollars into creating like all of these electric vehicle recharging points throughout the country. Like what, why, why, why is the government doing this? Why would the government be involved in that? You don't think it benefits Tesla and all these other electric car, uh, car companies that are investing heavily in electric vehicle technology to have charging stations built? Like they'll do it. You, the government just has to get out of the way. And, you know, it, it's so bizarre to have everybody look to the government to have these things done when, you know, Anytime something new comes along, it's like, oh, the government has to do this. The government has to put these charging stations in. The government has to provide like high speed Internet and all this stuff to people. But, you know, if if it was anything else that we'd already have, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like bicycles or clothes or something like that, the government has to provide clothes for everybody. It's like, no, no, the, the market's already doing that. We don't want the government providing clothes. Look at, you know, look at how many clothes you have that you don't even use. You just give away every year. But if the government was doing it, it would cost hundreds of billions of dollars every year. The quality would be shit. The, the styles would be terrible. You know, it's just like, why would we look to the government to do something new when it, first of all, the market has done so many new things so well throughout our entire lives. We just take it all for granted. But also look at the government's track record with all this stuff. Like name one thing that they've done a good job of. 
other than lining or their own at, pockets this entire time. Or or look at every Soviet country that has provided has actually provided the clothes for, <laughs> for their backs. Uh, didn't look very stylish. Didn't look very fashionable. Didn't look very high quality. Um, most of those people look yeah. look even poorer than what they actually were, and and that's that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it just the the, the track record they have. It's still just like mind boggling to me that anybody wants them to do anything. I, I mean, could you imagine a company that did so poorly in providing a service? And every time like you want to complain, like, what do you, you know, look at this, this sucks. You'd be like, well, that was this guy's fault over there. I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't possibly have any, uh, you know, uh, any, any responsibility there because look at, look at this over here. That's what the government's been doing forever, forever and ever is pointing the finger at something else. Like people love these like really simple explanations. Nobody really wants to figure out why the price of gas is going up to six dollars a fucking gallon or something like that. It's easy to just point at Russia and be like, oh, Russia, that satiates a lot of people. And then you get, you know, the all, all the right wingers that get to like stomp on biden and be like oh trump blah 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 it's like dude, prices were going up under trump too look at the chart you know that the trajectory of gas prices was going up for the last couple of years it, it, even if it started like right when biden got into office it's not like immediately he has this effect on things man it there there is a lot of a lot of stuff heading the uh towards beating up the pocket books of the american people and it's pretty much all government's fault. I don't know where else you could lay the blame. It's one government or another, but they're all fucking in this thing together. Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Lorenzotti Coffee. You know them well by now. They're our oldest and longest running sponsor. We love these guys. We love their premium Italian coffee that they deliver right to your door. So do yourself a favor. Get your mornings started right with the taste of freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and you'll get 10% off your order. That's Lorenzotti, L-O-R-E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I dot coffee, promo code FICTION. Get all of your coffee and coffee supplies from these guys. And not only are they fans of the show, but they've gone above and beyond the call of duty as a sponsor. So go order some coffee, order an espresso machine, get a coffee grinder, do it all at Lorenzotti.coffee, promo code fiction. All right. And if the whole Russia Ukraine thing hasn't shown you that they are all in it together, I don't know what else will. Because if you just look at the look at the global response to this, like it is it, it has really divided the entire world into either you're on Russia's side or you're on NATO's side, basically. Like, let's let's not pretend that you're on Ukraine's side. Like, Ukraine is just a puppet of NATO at this point. So you are either you're either with Russia, or you're with NATO. And like, there's not a whole lot of in between anymore. Like, the the, the lines have been drawn. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. Uh, we're we're getting to see a lot of the things that we've talked about over like for my entire politically active life. Uh, a lot of this stuff is stuff that I've been talking about, like how corrupt the government is, how they're all in bed with each other, how, you know, the whole thing is just this big circle jerk. And now you get to see it play out in real time and, and really get to witness just how true all of that is. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's, that's an interesting point there because you look around at who's like supporting Ukraine and it's everybody that I fucking hate. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Like, am I, Am I off base here? Like, what am I missing that all of a sudden, like I'm in line with every institution that I spend 90% of my time trashing? Why are we in agreement here? And am I being manipulated? What, what am I like? What's going on here? And it, it makes you sit back and wonder, you know, what exactly is the, the game plan here? How much of this was fucking manufactured? Like I said at the beginning of this conflict, I, I think the U.S. goaded by uh, Putin into doing this. And so to even if, you know, even if the rise in gas prices was 100 percent 
the fault, uh, you know, of this Russian invasion. It's like, well, who kind of fucking set the table for that? Was it you guys out there for like two weeks calling like Putin a fucking pussy and like basically daring him to invade? <laughs> and then once he does, like, you know, they get to control this whole fucking narrative. It's it's despicable. It's fun to it's watch. Like, it, I think we've uh, I think we've talked about like like the people who kind of sit in the middle with politics that because the extremists on the left keep calling them alt-right fascists and just because they don't agree with like the most radical insane uh woke leftist points that they finally kind of have hit the point that they're just like okay fuck it i'll go be an alt-right fascist like i'm i'm gonna vote for republicans because i'm gonna be called a fascist whether i do or not so fuck it let's go do it that's that's where we pushed like that's where the u.s government and nato kind of pushed push Putin into that point. It's like, all they do is egg it on and egg it on and egg it on. And finally, it's just like, all right, you know what? If this is all y'all want to talk about, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's just go for it. And maybe it's gone further than it's, it's definitely gone further than I ever expected that it would. But like, I have suspicions that'll, um, and this is just me completely going off on like a conspiracy type tangent. I think it's already done. I think it's already been solved i think it's already been settled i think everybody knows what's going to happen at the end and we're just uh playing politics and and letting theater play itself out until they get to that point because you don't see like i don't know maybe i'm looking in the wrong places you don't see any russian or uh, uh, uh ukrainian death count like how many people have died in ukraine how many people like how many civilians how many how many soldiers where are the numbers like if this was legitimately as bad as what they're saying it is they would be treating it like COVID and you would have a fucking ticker running at the bottom of every news feed for how many innocent civilians in Ukraine have died because of this conflict. I, the, the most recent article I can find is over a week old. And it said that like 2000 people had died total. Like there's they're, they're not, they're not tracking it. It's not, it's not real. It's all theater as far as I'm concerned. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's an interesting point for sure. And you know, I certainly wouldn't put it past them to be faking a lot of this stuff after the fact to score some sort of political gain. The, the other thing that I find pretty interesting to watch is all of these, I'm going to say colossal pussies that have been, uh, that have essentially wrapped themselves in saran wrap and masks and gloves, and they haven't left their fucking house for two years. They're afraid of catching a, a virus that has a 99.9% survival rate for the vast majority of people. And even if you, you know, like a lot of people that get it don't even have symptoms. Other ones, you know, they have a fever or something, something that's very, um, you know, anybody that's had COVID that's like around our age or younger, it's, it's not like it's, it was something that you hadn't dealt with before, you know, some sort of illness that you haven't dealt with before. And people were absolutely terrified. They gave up every single freedom they had imaginable. And now all of a sudden they're cheering on these Ukrainians to go and fight for their freedom. When these people couldn't be fucking bothered to get, even just get out of their get out of their place and walk around and exercise their freedoms. They they traded all of their freedoms away in a fucking nanosecond. And, and and on the other side, they can just you know, oh yeah, you guys should just fight this fucking war, and we should risk nuclear war with a, a the other nuclear power, big power in the world because you know we stand with Ukraine. It really is just some the the cognitive dissonance there, and the the to see people how willing they are to have other people risk stuff on their behalf so that they can virtue signal and feel good about themselves is is a very weird thing to to see taking place. Speaking of not wanting to risk nuclear war and all that, did you see there was an article that talked about how the U.S. military was declining to. Uh, so Poland came into possession of a bunch of uh, Russian MIGs. And so what they wanted to do was basically make a trade with the, with the U.S. military. And the U.S. military would get all these MIGs and they would send more up-to-date American uh, fighter jets 
as a replacement for these MiGs. And the Pentagon declined because in doing so, that would effectively say that the U.S. military is getting involved and that would risk starting uh, a full-on nuclear war. Like at that point, Putin and Russia would consider the U.S. actively involved in a war against them, and and that would, like, that would kick it off. So, so when when Poland was offering to swap MiGs for U.S. fighter jets, uh, the U.S. Was, the Pentagon was like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that. We don't we don't want to piss Putin off too much and get him to go full nuclear on this whole thing." Yeah, and <laughs> I mean, I get that. That I understand. What What's amazing is these people that are advocating no fly zones and they want the u.s to inf- i was like do you guys realize what you're fucking what kind of fire you're playing with here they're like marching down the street i, I think it was it in chicago on, on michigan avenue i think it might have been there was like a big protest that they wanted people they wanted the u.s to enforce a no fly zone and if they had any idea what that meant um my god it, it'd be a lot worse than fucking covid i can tell you that but that they're willing to fucking march for, but they're not willing to march for like the, the ability to just walk outside their house and go eat at a restaurant without showing your papers. It's unbelievable. Man. I don't know. There, there were a bunch of French chicks that were flashing their tits for Ukraine or something. That was interesting. It was it. a lot better than the, uh, it was a lot better than the ones that were like topless and screaming in New York city a couple of years ago, at least. Yeah. Those, those women were scary. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it it really is just it's interesting to see how much of an effect the the media can have like this propaganda can have on people. Just when you thought like uh, people's trust in the media was at an all-time low coming out of the this whole covid thing and people are starting to realize all oh, the science has changed or it's been complete bullshit and they've been bamboozled for the last 2 years, they go right from distrusting everything the CNNs and the Fox News of the world will tell you to up oh, I'm on board with a no-fly zone, let's go hit the streets, we want nuclear war with Russia. Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Jesus Christ, the propaganda is strong. The funny thing is talking about like the the, the propaganda, like you, Ukraine is completely winning the propaganda war. So, so at the same time, you still see people. And like I saw a, a buddy of mine on, on Twitter, uh, Don the Pleb, who runs Pleb Media, which is you should absolutely be following that. If you if you haven't heard of him, like you should go check him out. Uh, he does some great stuff. But like he, he had said, like people are still talking about how Russia and Russian uh, bots and stuff have in, influenced American elections and got Trump into office and all this stuff. He's like, um, Russia is losing the propaganda war on a war they started. Like, they, <laughs> obviously, they don't have that much influence. Like, what? who still runs with the narrative that Russia is controlling anything? They started a war and they are like completely losing the propaganda war. Like, it's not even close. Oh, that's a great point. Why didn't they just buy a bunch of Facebook ads? I don't get it. <laughs> it could have been so easy. All they had to do was get a couple bots, buy some Facebook ads, and then all of a sudden the entire world is against Ukraine and welcoming Russia with open arms. <laughs> and so much of the left is all for punching Nazis. Like all they had to do was tell the truth and explain how the how the US how the US government under Obama and NATO put a bunch of uh, actual an actual Nazis in control of Ukraine. Like that's all they had to do. Just tell the truth a little bit and you should get everybody on your side. But yeah, that like clearly Russia is just influencing everything across the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're I mean they're such a mighty superpower that they can't even really take Ukraine. It's proven very difficult for them. <laughs> you know, it, it really is just fucking unbelievable to watch uh, like the, this this whole thing sort of unfold and nobody really cares. Nobody cares about what is actually true. Like these are literal Nazis. That's we're, we're changing our fucking Facebook profile pictures to the Ukrainian flag. We're wearing their colors at the State of the Union address. And then, you know, I'll put up a fucking podcast on YouTube talking about, you know, the vaccines and I'll be a literal Nazi or something like that. I'll get taken down. But the actual Nazis get a pass. It's. Dude, we're living in the fucking bizarro world. It's so fucking weird. 
to be watching this whole thing unfold and and just the, the human behavior aspect of this i just find fascinating and like what people are willing to overlook and and how easy it is if everybody gets on board how easy it is to um to manipulate people it's crazy well the unfortunate thing is you know when you think about the uh the average intelligence of the human population you got to remember that you know average means at least half of the people are a lot dumber than that so and i think probably all of them live here in the united states <laughs> yeah yeah when it comes to especially just like knowledge of the world we're so fucking isolated it's hilarious to watch like people in the u.s try to point out other countries on a map or talk about other countries and you know part of that is is kind of understandable just because like we are so isolated and you can spend your entire life without leaving the u.s you're just in this one giant country and then the other thing is like oh yeah who's been in control of the schools since the seventies and what, why are the like generation after generation, each, you know, following generation is dumber than the one before it and less informed than the one before it, less educated, easier to manipulate. Um, it, it really is just, uh, like I said earlier in the show, everything is government's fault. Like there is, <laughs> it's like, the, uh, you know, I, I make fun of politicians for always pointing the blame at other people, but like, it's really easy to find the blame in any issue. It can always be traced back to some form of government, like 90% of the time, if not more. And it's, it's super simple to trace it. You don't have to do all these like cartwheels and mental gymnastics, backflips and all this stuff to see where the problem lies. It, it's, if you can see past what they're doing, what the the corporate press is doing, what the politicians are doing, if you can see past that and and really open up your eyes to what's going on in any situation, you'll see who the culprit is. And it's always the guy pointing to somebody else, pointing the blame at, at you know at some laying the blame at somebody else's feet. Especially in the case of Joe Biden, since he's been around in government for like. 45 years and he is actually the one who is responsible for a large majority of this stuff yeah yeah like your name's on all of this legislation that people are complaining about it's unbelievable it's un i don't know how like this is one of the reasons why i would i could never be a politician like i just couldn't say something with a straight face knowing that i don't know i've been around since the fucking 70s i haven't fixed anything everything's gotten exponentially worse under and I, I've been here the whole time. Like, what am I going to say? If you just give me more money, I can fix it this time. Yeah, and apparently, all you have to do is put on the right color tie to get people to believe that. It's fucking unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I've only got like I've only got like three ties, and I don't think any of them are the right color. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't had a tie on in ages, ages. Um. I don't know. I don't know what else to say on on the whole Ukraine thing. Gas. So we're kind of coming up on time. That's we uh we cover that a lot more in depth than I thought we would, but I think it was good. Like we there there's so much that like until you really get to talking about it and thinking about it, like because so much of because so much of what is in the media is complete propaganda, like what we were talking about, like until you really get to thinking about it, looking about, looking at it, talking to other people about it and, and other people, you know, I guess not just like-minded people. Like you can talk to people who are like more normie on it. I, I actually have like conversations with some of my normie friends about it and what they think is going on versus what is actually going on are like so completely different. So until you really start to like think about it and talk about it, a lot of this stuff, you just like, uh, can gloss over on the surface, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on right now and it's, it's a lot more complicated, but at the same time, it's also a lot more simple than what most people give, uh, would, would imagine that it is. And, and really you can boil it all down. Like you said, to everything government touches turns to shit. Yeah. And there, I mean, the, the real lesson here is they're never looking out for you or your self-interest They're They're going to couch it as yeah, protecting you 
saving you from this, saving you from that. We're doing everything we can, but it really has nothing to do with you. They couldn't care less about you. And the, the only other um, article that I really wanted to, or, you know, topic I really wanted to talk about today was this uh, Biden executive order about cryptocurrencies. <laughs> and like this idea, you know, cryptos, I don't know if you guys have been following the the, the charts of, of uh, Bitcoin, especially, but we've we've gone into sideways consolidation. I talked about those levels a few times on the last couple episodes. You know, uh, forty four or forty five thousand can't get above that, and it's just sort of going in the sideways churn. But it it was up big, like eight percent or something uh, today over overnight, something like that, because Biden signed this executive order to get the government more involved in crypto and possibly create a government backed cryptocurrency, which is just absolutely insane to me why that would excite the cryptocurrency community. Like it goes, it is the exact opposite of what you claim cryptocurrency is about is a decentralized thing that the government can't touch. And somehow this idea that the government's not only going to talk about creating their own crypto back, uh, government backed crypto, but get more involved in the regulation of cryptos and pat like there, there's like a whole list of things and it's like, Oh yeah. Protect the investor from this, protect the consumer from that and lay any necessary regulation. They just like regulations to protect the consumer. Like, read that as regulations to fuck the consumer or fuck the investor. And it is the, it should be the last thing that you want. And it, you never want the government to get involved in whatever you're doing. Like, like we're talking about, it's just, it's always going to be a disaster for you and something great for them because I mean, that's what they're out to do. They're out to take control of your life and give you pieces of it back you know, so that you're completely dependent on them. And the last piece of the puzzle for them is to completely control the, the monetary system. They want to get away from cash. They want to go digital. Look, look what they're doing to Russia right now. Look what all these companies are doing to Russia. They're canceling their services. They're going into bank account. They're seizing assets um, that, you know, the banks could refuse to do uh, you know, banking with you if if you're deemed you know uh, you know against the, whatever the the mainstream corporate press narrative is, they can just come after you digitally. So th- this idea that it's a good a good thing that the government is trying to get into crypto. Why are they trying to get into crypto? It's not to make things easier for you. They're gonna be like, oh yeah, it's so much easier now. We can just give you your stimulus check like instantaneously. Yeah, they could also take it away instantaneously and they can take away a lot more. You know, it, they're always going to give you a little crumb of something that benefits you in order to get like the rest of the pie for them. And I would be very, very wary if I was a uh, heavily involved in the crypto industry about getting excited that they're now passing executive orders, which we know how we feel about executive orders. Uh, to, to, you know, get into this industry, to get their, the camel's nose under the tent, start getting their tentacles into all these, uh, you know, electronic things. It's just another way to control you. And it's the, literally the exact opposite of what the crypto community should want. The thing you got to keep in mind is all the people who are just invested in crypto and not, not, not talking about the ones who are running the massive like mining farms and, uh, like the pictures you see of snow on the roof and then there's this giant melted spot where they're you know farming nonstop. but the ones who are just investing in it they're all a bunch of fucking feds so this is like dream come true for them this means they get to see their their uh dreams actualized so you know you gotta be you gotta be careful in some of these uh uh techie spaces there's a lot of uh not particularly honest actors out there running around it's true. Well, the, the other thing I found interesting was even with this news that was supposedly like great news for the, the crypto community, at least that's how they're spinning it, still couldn't break above that previous high. Still couldn't still couldn't do it. I don't know where we're at right now. I can check real quick, but I'm guessing it's about 42,000 or so. That's about where it was before we started the show. And it's it's having a hell of a time getting and making a new high there. 
getting above that 44,000 mark, closing above it. So it looks like we're going to be in some sideways consolidation there for a while. It does look like the lows are starting to drift a little higher, which can be a good sign. But um, if it breaks to the upside, that, that could mean that it wants to go a lot higher. But man, it's the chart doesn't look good. And the fact that the government is trying to get more involved in it should not be a good thing. And uh, we shouldn't want the government involved in anything. Look to uh, look to Ukraine, look to education, healthcare, housing, look to our banking system. I mean, everything that they touch is a goddamn disaster. And it's, uh, yeah, you're going to start feeling it. It hasn't felt like a disaster yet because we've been able to sort of stave off our day of execution. But it's, and the, it looks like the writing is on the wall here. And it's only a matter of time before this whole house of cards comes tumbling down and uh yeah no, yeah no, i'm uh get out of here this, i that. think the bitcoin thing will be interesting to see as it plays out especially with the government getting more involved because that it is going to be a major tipping point for currency as a whole and uh I, you know i'm i'm more of a i just haven't gotten myself into crypto because i'm more of a practical use barter system type guy like if if everything collapses, I don't see crypto as being the solution because I think government will uh, utilize that to its own ends in that event. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm yeah. it's part of why I've got the farm. Like I, I'm a little more old school. I uh, I just don't have a lot of trust in any level of currency as you know as it's defined. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean there is a reason why they're they're pushing everything towards digital even if it's not cryptocurrency, just towards digital away from hard cash. And it, it's not because, you know, it's in your best interest. And uh, we'll just, I guess we can leave it at that because we're, we're coming up on time here, but nothing they ever do is in your best interest. So every time you hear them say it's in your best interest, just know that it means the exact opposite. And just assume that whatever they say is the exact opposite of the truth and you'll be much better off, I think. And, and, you know, just live by that rule and you, you almost can't go wrong. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's, uh, I guess we can wrap on that. I, uh, I don't know what the rest of the week is, is looking like. I know you're still, you're still kind of busy. Maybe we'll, uh, do something this weekend if we, if time permits, but, it's also sort of yeah, I'm in flux time. a little bit, but uh, I think weekend would probably be good. We, we could probably bang one out on Saturday sometime midday. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, thank you all so very much for listening. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Pedal Fiction and become a supporting listener of the show. You missed a great happy hour last Friday. I wish I could have stayed on a little longer, but I had to, I had to wrap. I, this is a heavy heavy birthday weekend for me. I had a couple, two, three birthdays to deal with. So, um, I couldn't stay on that long, but we'll, we'll get it going again in another week or so. And if you want to do that, just go to pedalingfictionpodcast.com, set up a recurring donation, help keep the lights on around here. And then every other Friday you get to hang out with us for as long as we can go throw back a few drinks, talk about, the same things we talk about on here. We had some really interesting discussions actually last Friday. It was uh it was cool. It was very different from the the Friday one before. Let's put it that way. And um if you guys can do I say all... the happy hours are always like a continuation of the last show. They always kind of talk about stuff, but they always bring it in from like a different perspective and you get different viewpoints and it kind of you know gets things bouncing around. It's it's definitely worth I, I wish I could have been there Friday. I was at work and it uh it was kind of a wild weekend at work, but like anytime, like if you can, you should definitely join in on the happy hours because it's always excellent conversation. And you always kind of think about things a little differently and even learn some stuff. Yeah. And we get, you know, you always get a, a new face or two in there. Last, uh, last time I invited the, uh, the top 10 Facebook group contributors. So if you, if you crack the top 10 for the month in terms of like activity, 
doing po- like uh, you know posting and just engage overall engagement in the private Facebook group, you get invited to the first of the month, the following month, you get invited to the first happy hour. So we had a couple new faces in there. And that's always cool. You know, you get to talk to people that you've been seeing online and get their perspective on things. It's, it's pretty cool. It's one of the, like, I, I'm a little surprised how much I look forward to, to doing those things now. Anyway, go ahead and do that. Support our sponsors. We have a couple good sponsors here. Get some good coffee, get some toothpicks and all that shit. And uh, if you guys can do all that for us, we'll be back hopefully this weekend with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.